0: House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres.
1: Special guest, uh, Marty Ruly, and she's written a book um, with Dennis Davern, and it's called uh, Goodbye Natalie, Goodbye Splendor. Um, thank you for being here, Marty.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: How did you get involved in the Natalie Wood death?
0: I was always a Natalie Wood fan ever since I was 10 years old and got into the movie theater to see her in Gypsy. So she was always my favorite actress as a child. And then my friend, Dennis DeBurn, who I met when I was a teenager, after he got out of the Navy... He worked at a marina in Florida, uh, and they took this 60-foot sport fisherman boat to California to sell. And Dennis was one of the crew members who took the boat to California. And at that time, Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood were yacht shopping and they happened to really like this boat after they arrived in California and they purchased it and they hired Dennis as their captain. And I was, Dennis was like a family friend. We had um, been together for years as friends and so my, one of my best friends started working for my favorite actress and he would tell me things about the couple, not nothing, you know, just some personal things about them, their favorite ice cream, and what they like to do on weekends, and it was just real nice having my friend work for such a famous couple, because Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood were married twice, and they were the couple of Hollywood. They were the, um, you know, Brad Pitt and Angelina of their time, and... But they had a troubled marriage. They were divorced and then remarried. And in their second marriage, it was a very happy marriage. But Robert Wagner's jealousies of Natalie, and not only of her co-stars, but of her status in the business. Natalie was a mega superstar, from a child actress on to an adult actress. So robert wagner had worked in some movies and then became very popular in tv with uh... switch and it takes a thief and then his uh... most famous heart-to-heart Heart. but he had never established what natalie had established in the movie industry so i just had this um information about natalie and robert wagner through my friend who worked for them he was their captain for about seven years And ended up in the middle of one of the largest mysteries in Hollywood history, which was Natalie Wood's death. And Dennis saw much, much more than he ever told in the beginning, and that's because he was told to never talk about what really happened. But it worked on his conscience, and he called me his friend I worked for a newspaper, but he trusted I would not do anything with the information. And he had told me what really happened to Natalie in the 1980s. I wanted the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department to get involved back then, but it was a closed case, and they would not listen to me. They would not talk with Dennis again. They just were content to keep the case closed. It took me 30 years of effort. And believe me, I put effort into it. I started recording everything. I started writing a book, which I had promised the original detectives on the case I would not publish if they would take another look at Natalie's death. They refused. So in 2009, I came out with, I allowed my book to be published. And it tells the truth about what happened to Natalie, her final weekend. And that wasn't enough either. So then I gathered testimonial statements from people I had interviewed and research and forensic testing that I had done myself. And I presented this package to the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, along with a petition an attorney had started to get the wood case reopened. Two weeks after they received that package in 2011, they contacted us, came to interview us, and the new Natalie Wood investigation began.
1: And and so now they they've reopened the case, is that it?
0: Yes. In November of twenty eleven the case was reopened and they had thirty years of information to go through. But they announced it. So they put it out there that if anyone has additional information, please bring it forward, which a lot of people did. And there were other people moored near the boat who saw exactly what Dennis DeVerne saw happen the night of Natalie Wood's death. So new witnesses that corroborated Dennis's story had come forward and they also reviewed Natalie Wood's autopsy results, which the first time I saw the diagram of all the bruises on her body, I knew I was looking at a battered woman. And I cannot, for the life of me, understand how it was overlooked in 1981 when Natalie died on Thanksgiving weekend, but it it was. The case was closed. But they now have medical evidence, scientific evidence, Um, new witnesses, and just last year they had named Robert Wagner the person of interest in his wife's death.
1: So now have they um, questioned Robert Wagner at all or or brought him in for any sort of uh, evaluations? Robert,
0: Robert Wagner refuses to cooperate with the new investigation, and he hired a criminal attorney who... Claims and Robert Wagner claims he has cooperated fully. He has not. In 1981, he answered a few questions right before the case was closed within days, and he put out a statement when the case was reopened in 2011 that he welcomed the new investigation into his wife's death and that anything he or his family could do to help, um, he would do as long as it's not based on those wanting to profit from the 30th anniversary of Natalie's death. It was a little jab at Dennis and myself for having accomplished what we accomplished, but he has not cooperated with the new detectives on the case. He will not answer any questions for them. They even, when Sheriff Baca was the sheriff a few years back, they even went to Wagner's house in um aspen colorado and robert wagner would not let them in and not only that natalie's two daughters have refused to even listen to the detectives but natalie's younger sister lana wood who was also an actress the bond girl she cared about what happened to her sister so they disowned her from the family but at least the detectives have a blood relative who wants um, justice for this, for her sister? And the new detectives on the case, they stay in touch with Lana, they let her know what's happening. And after they did review the new autopsy, uh, the old autopsy report of Natalie's, they saw mistakes made in the original autopsy. For instance, that Natalie had over 300 cc's of urine in her bladder, which indicates medically that Natalie was not conscious in the water, therefore leading to the question, how did her unconscious body get into the water? And then they have Dennis Deverne's account plus two other witnesses who pretty much saw how Natalie may have gotten into the water because there was a huge argument on the rear of the boat moments before Natalie went missing from the boat. So it's this decades long saga, this mystery, but they're getting to the information now. And it's never too late to bring this case into a courtroom. And the one charge that is still open, that never goes away is murder one. Wow.
1: Now, Dennis Devern, uh, why did he not uh, tell the truth? of what he saw the night that it happened
0: he regretted it immediately but what happened was after natalie was missing robert wagner started to pour scotch for dennis and dennis became very nervous and you know he knew something terrible had happened he wasn't quite sure you know he was still they had all been drinking out to dinner christopher walken was the only other guest on board that was natalie's co-star in brainstorming christopher was already in his cabin asleep when everything went down and dennis was told by robert wagner here's what we're going to say we don't know what happened to natalie she took the dinghy and we're waiting for her to return and it took hours before they called for help and dennis had pleaded with robert wagner to turn on the searchlight which could see for a half a mile in the area. Robert Wagner refused. This is his wife missing at sea, but um, he refused to put on a searchlight. Dennis said, why don't you call for help? He refused to call for help. Dennis, became, Dennis was very young at this time. You know, He was uh, in his 20s, but um, a young 20s. He, he was up against some pretty heavy-duty people. And after they discovered Natalie's body the next morning, Christopher Walken and Robert Wagner were taken away in a helicopter, a sheriff's helicopter, back to the mainland and able to go home. They were barely even questioned. Robert Wagner left Dennis to identify Natalie Wood's body. That's how close Dennis was with Natalie. But um, he was told that Robert Wagner say nothing, will have an attorney for you lined up when you get back to the mainland, which when Dennis later that afternoon was taken directly to Robert Wagner's house, so Dennis was standing in Robert Wagner's bedroom and told by an attorney who Dennis knew was once connected with the mob to not say anything and that another lawyer would have paperwork ready for Dennis to sign the next day, which is what happened. And then Robert Wagner kept Dennis at his house for close to a year and kept a good eye on him. So Dennis feared for his life and death threats did come his way. As soon as he was able to break away from California, that's when he contacted me and said he wanted to do something. He wanted to go to the authorities. But by that time, the authorities would not listen to him. So for all the times we are asked Why did you wait 30 years? The answer is that we did not wait 30 years. The authorities waited 30 years. The media waited 30 years. The mystery of Natalie's death festered in the news. Um, People, you know, that suspected things. There was a lot of mystery surrounding Natalie's death. But had the authorities listened to Dennis in the 1980s, that mystery may have been solved a long time ago.
1: So now, did R.J. and um, Natalie have a lot of physical fights? Was, Was that something Dennis could talk about?
0: No, they didn't. Dennis saw a very happy couple, You know, when they were married the first time around, there's a lot of information about that marriage out there now, and I've had so many conversations with Natalie Wood's sister, Lana Wood, but apparently the first marriage broke up because uh, Natalie had caught R.J., Robert Wagner's nickname, um, supposedly in a compromising position with another man. She went running home and never went back to him. She just could not reconcile that um, trust, that that betrayal that she felt. And Robert Wagner, he let it Natalie take the brunt for that, that she had fallen in love with Warren Beatty, her co-star in Splendor in the Grass. But that relationship hadn't started until Natalie and R.J. were separated for a, a long time. And then they both re- divorced and they both married someone else, and they each had a daughter. Once again, Natalie's husband, Richard Gregson, um, from England, He Natalie caught him cheating with the family secretary, and um, she left him. She came back to California. She was living abroad. She came back to California, and she divorced Richard Gregson but when she got back she bumped into RJ again and at a party and they reconciled and they remarried in 1972 and then they had a daughter together Robert Wagner's marriage to Marion Marshall who he had the daughter Katie with that marriage had ended before they met up again Natalie and RJ in 1972 so they had a history but in 1972 they wanted to, they were the couple of Hollywood. You know, the in the parades, uh, they were the, um, they, they did things together. They bo- both had uh, Natalie, and then RJ and Natalie had another daughter, Courtney, who was born in 1974. Natalie kind of gave up her career for a little while for motherhood. She loved her daughters. But what happened was, You know, she had acted since she was a child. She was getting offers a lot of the time for different movies, and she accepted one, and that was brainstorming. Robert Wagner was so upset with her because I guess he wanted to be the breadwinner this time around. And that's when some trouble started, when Natalie decided to go away on location, and He was, he just wanted her home. He, and, and you don't marry a movie star like Natalie and expect her to just want to stay home. Although Natalie loved motherhood and, and loved being home, she still wanted her career. And that's when trouble started in their marriage, and that's when Dennis didn't see them too much. And Robert Wagner told Dennis he was going to fly to North Carolina where Natalie was filming on location because Robert Wagner was sure she was having an affair and he wanted to catch her. But he visited her and came back, and everything seemed fine. And then after Brainstorm was finished on location filming, Natalie and Christopher Walken still had a couple of studio scenes to do in Hollywood. So Natalie was home for the Thanksgiving weekend, and she invited Christopher Walken aboard their boat. It's what R.J. and Natalie always did. When they had co-stars, they invited them aboard the boat. Sean Connery was aboard the boat when Natalie made Meteor with him. Uh, George Segal when she made Last Married Couple in America uh george siegel was on the boat a lot so rj always had his friends and co-stars aboard the boat this was nothing unusual but this bothered robert wagner christopher walken was the up-and-coming star um of hollywood he was a new york-based actor with a Um, just a quirkiness about him, a a new feeling about him that Hollywood loved. And Natalie was thrilled to be working with him. She had no desire to, you know, flaunt her co-star in front of R.J. She simply uh, invited him aboard the boat to do what they always did, and it was a holiday weekend. They were going. She wanted to get some early Christmas shopping done. They left on Black Friday for the cruise. It was a rainy, miserable weekend. But Natalie insisted on still going. So they went to Catalina Island, and that's when all hell broke loose. So
1: R.J. was jealous of Christopher Walken? Yes. Being on. He, he was really worried about that.
0: He was very worried about it. And he was probably jealous, thinking that, you know, he's this younger, um, up-and-coming Hollywood star. He was probably jealous of Walkins. Instant um, career. Um, Walken had won the Oscar for uh, The Deer Hunter just a year before uh, that he started working with Natalie on Brainstorm. So Robert Wagner was probably jealous of Christopher Walken himself and then probably jealous because he was making a movie with his wife. And 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 you just there were instances in their lives in their marriage where RJ had become jealous of other co-stars William Devane when Natalie made From Here to Eternity, and um, there had been episodes. One time, someone made a comment to Natalie at the Polo Lounge, and RJ punched the person. Uh, so there had been times where. Um, there was a history here of R.J.'s jealousy, but he had a temper. Yes, he did, and Natalie didn't like it, and it seemed to happen when he overdrank, and she was not happy with the way R.J. had been drinking that past year, and on this particular cruise, to Catalina Island, it was the four of them, Natalie, Christopher Walken, Robert Wagner, and Dennis Devern, the ca- um, so-called captain of the boat. Dennis was more, uh, you-, you know, he maintained the boat. Robert Wagner was actually the boss and the captain, and that's why Dennis had to listen to him, too. But they went on Black Friday. It started about noon to Catalina Island and they, moored, they anchored at um, Avalon. You anchor in Avalon, you moor at the Isthmus. But they went to Avalon where there's the curio shops and the trendy restaurants, and Christopher, RJ, and Natalie went ashore. They did some early Christmas shopping, and they had lunch on the island while Dennis um, stayed back on the boat and was going to cook dinner for that Friday night which Dennis did, and that evening after dinner, all of a sudden, and R.J. had been drinking all day, he decided he wanted to move the boat to the desolate part of the island. It's called the Isthmus, two harbors at the Isthmus, and there's only one restaurant there. There's really nothing else, a diver's uh, chamber, and that's it. And Natalie said, Why would you want to move the boat in the rain and the choppy water? You know, it's 10 o'clock at night. Why would you want to do this? And R.J. was angry. He started yelling. He went out. He's pulling anchor. He told Dennis to start the engines. And Natalie got upset, and she said, Dennis, take me ashore. I'm not going to tolerate this. This is Friday night of the cruise. And, And then R.J. calmed down. He said, Dennis, take her ashore you know, and um, just, you know, watch over her tonight. So Dennis took Natalie ashore, and they got two rooms at the Pavilion Lodge, and Dennis did stay in Natalie's room because she was very frightened that night, and she asked Dennis to stay in her room, and she was angry, she was frightened, and Dennis did stay with her and she expressed her anger throughout the entire night practically they didn't sleep much and because Natalie was so wound up and over how angry she was with RJ for doing this to her and embarrassing her in front of her co-star So the next morning, Natalie tried to get a seaplane to fly back to the mainland. She called her sister, Lana, but could not get in touch with her, and there were no seaplanes flying. So she decided to go back to the boat, although Dennis did not want that. He considered this already, the cruise from hell, and he tried to talk her out of it. But they went back to the boat. Natalie made breakfast, and everything seemed like nothing had happened the night before. There was this terrible night on Friday night, and then Dennis said everyone was acting like, you know, just nice to each other and like nothing had happened, and R.J. said we're going to move the boat to the Isthmus now. So Dennis couldn't believe this, but they got ready, they pulled anchor, and they went to the quiet part of the island at two harbors where they were, R.J. wanted to go the night before. But here the next day, everyone's acting like nothing had transpired the night before. And when they got to that part of the island, Two Harbors, Natalie was a little restless. She was still upset, but she um, told R.J. she was going to go to the restaurant with Christopher Walken and that um, they would take a shore taxi there and that RJ and Dennis could meet them for dinner so in that after later that afternoon Natalie and Christopher went ashore they went to the bar at the restaurant and then a couple of hours later RJ and Dennis followed and they all had cocktails at the bar and then they were seated for dinner about seven o'clock that night
1: and did everything go all right like everybody was getting along then
0: seemed so, and then Dennis said suddenly R.J. got into one of his deep, dark moods again and started insisting that they leave the restaurant. And Dennis said everyone was having a nice time. They wanted to stay, but R.J. insisted that they leave immediately, and that was about 9, 9.30, and they left, and um, they had all been drinking for several hours, uh, but no more than... They normally would drink over a dinner with guests and things like that. You know, there's always a lot of talk about all this drinking and everything that went on that weekend. It was pretty much an, you know, an everyday thing for them. This socializing that they did, nothing was much different this time. Yes, it was a rainy weekend, and they may have drank a little more than usual and um but they went back to the boat rj christopher and natalie went to the main salon while dennis tied the dinghy with two lines at the rear of the boat near the swim step and then dennis joined them and he lit some candles and he opened a bottle of wine and Natalie and Christopher started talking a little bit about brainstorm finishing up the next week. Natalie even invited Dennis to come that next Wednesday for a preview at the studio. And then suddenly RJ picked up the wine bottle that was still f- filled with wine and p- smashed it as hard as he could against the coffee table and he screamed at uh, christopher what do you want to do do you want to f my wife is that what you want and christopher was so stunned his hands started shaking he stood up he stepped outside for a minute then he came back in and went directly to his cabin natalie was so humiliated she was horrified she said, RJ, I will not stand for this. This is it. I I can't believe what you just did. And she went below to the master stateroom, which is near the rear of the boat. Now when I say went below, that's really only three steps away from the main salon. You know, you open a door and you step down, you're into the master stateroom. And then RJ just hung his head he He knew the repercussions of what he had just done. he was he felt terrible, but Dennis said, "Maybe you should go apologize to Natalie. Maybe that wasn't the best advice, but Dennis couldn't think of anything else to say because Natalie was so mad when r j did go to the stateroom to apologize. maybe he was going to apologize to Natalie. You know, she let him know how horrible what he had done was. And then the arguing started, and it was loud yelling and screaming and things being thrown around. So Dennis knocked on the stateroom door, and RJ opened it a few inches. He kind of wedged himself between the door, and he told Dennis to go away, to mind his own business. Uh, But Dennis was so upset, and he had never seen anything like this from this couple before. And he wanted to protect them. He had grown to love this couple. He was like a family member to them. He always went to their home for parties. For He handled all their personal cruises. He lived aboard the Splendor. So anyway, he um, went up to the bridge. Dennis, he just... Couldn't just leave Natalie, you know, in in this whole situation. So he went up to the bridge right above the stateroom, and then he heard things flying around the room. It sounded like people being, you know, someone being slammed up against the wall, some things flying, like maybe a can of um, hairspray or a a bottle of perfume or something like that. And then he, uh, so Dennis turned on the music. He thought, well, at least maybe I'll try to drown out the yelling, so people on other boats don't hear them and they don't think that I'm up here eavesdropping. But Dennis was scared. And then the argument broke out to the back deck. And Dennis, he just couldn't believe that. And he, you know, he turned the music up a little more. And he looked out. He saw them arguing on the back deck. And then. He stepped back because again he didn't want them to think he was watching everything. But he never thought there wouldn't be a tomorrow for either one involved. You know, it was a bad argument, but that's that's where Dennis stopped. You know, he wasn't thinking anyone was going to end up dead, which is what happened. But everything went silent. So Dennis turned off the music. He didn't hear anything. And he waited a few minutes, and then he went to the rear deck. And there stood RJ, disheveled, nervous, shaking, and he told Dennis, Natalie's missing. Go search the boat for her. And so Dennis is like, whoa, did she come, you know, underneath me while I was up on the bridge and maybe go to my quarters, which were far forward, as far in the front of the boat as you can get. But it's only a 60-foot boat. So Dennis, he couldn't make sense of anything at this point, but he wanted to check the boat. So he went to check the boat. He really expected to see Natalie maybe sitting in his cabin, but she wasn't there. He checked Christopher's room, and Christopher, Dennis says, seemed to be asleep. And so Dennis just shut Christopher's door, and then he went back to R.J., And R.J. told him the dinghy's gone, too. She must have taken the dinghy. Now, Dennis knows that Natalie didn't even know how to operate the dinghy. And he also knew that Natalie was deathly afraid of water. Natalie told the world she was deathly afraid of water. So none of this made sense to Dennis. And sometimes people say, well, right then and there, why didn't he override Wagner? And you know, that that's easy to say when you're not in this horrible situation happening. You know, what was Dennis supposed to do? Knock, knock out Robert Wagner and then what, Natalie, maybe this was such a freak weekend, maybe she would return and then, and then Dennis is in trouble for harming Robert Wagner. Dennis didn't know what to do, but he insisted we turn on the searchlight right now, RJ, and RJ said, no, no, let's go up to the uh, wheelhouse. They went to the wheelhouse, and R.J. started pouring Dennis alcohol, scotch, wine. And then Dennis became very afraid. You know, he had spent the night with Natalie Wood the night before on the island in a hotel room together. Um, You know, he really started wondering, is he going to get rid of me, too, and make it look like, you know, there was something between me and Natalie? This, This was a terrible situation. So Dennis went along with the program hoping, praying that Natalie was in the dinghy and just out there floating, you know, and that they would find her. Um, Dennis did not know Natalie was probably already dead at that time. So two and a half hours passed, and then Dennis said, R.J., we have to call somebody. And R.J. got on the phone, and he called the restaurant. And he said, he didn't even say my wife is missing or Natalie would. He said, someone's missing from our boat. So, some island people started a makeshift search. They went and got the harbor Master Doug Odin from his house. he was he wasn't answering his phone. He lived right there at that part of the island, and they all started searching for Natalie. No one saw anything and Then Doug Odin insisted to r j that they call the coast guard r j did not even make the call. The harbormaster made the call to the Coast Guard at in the morning, and this was over four hours after Natalie had left the boat, which was around 11 o'clock when Dennis had met up with RJ on the rear deck. So over four hours had gone by. It took the Coast Guard another hour or so to get there at 5 in the morning, and they started searching. They found the dinghy first um, over by... um, part of the rocks and it was in kelp the oars were in place the key was not turned on and then a helicopter in the morning saw something red in the water and they went out to find natalie she was wearing her nightgown because she had gone down to get ready for bed a pair of socks and her red down jacket and it's that jacket that floats that kept her floating. If she hadn't had that jacket on, she may never have been found or washed up ashore weeks or a month later. And they came back to the boat, and they said they found Natalie. She was gone. And Robert Wagner he uh, fell into Dennis's arms and said, you have to identify her for me. And then the sheriff's department flew Robert Wagner and Christopher Walken back to the mainland. Basically, the detective who met up with them in the mainland on his way to the island pretty much told Robert Wagner, I'll catch up with you later. Go home and grieve. I'm so sorry for what happened to you. Already assuming this was an accident. And then when, they got to the, when the detective got to the island, there was so much evidence Dennis saw all of the bruising on Natalie's body. She had a big facial bruise. She had a scratch at the neck, black and blue marks all over her body, um, it, fresh bruises on her body. But that was uh, the case was closed within two days.
1: Wow. So w- what, what do you guys think happened?
0: Um, that I believe Robert Wagner rendered her unconscious, not by a head injury. I don't know. It's somehow either she fainted or she fell and and just went out, or I, I don't know. But Natalie, when Dennis saw Natalie on the deck, she was in her nightgown. So Dennis believes Robert Wagner put her coat on her. Possibly he went to get the coat. Uh, he could have... It could have been a partial strangulation, anything. But um, medical evidence shows that Natalie was not conscious in the water. Technically, there's some water in her lungs, so they have to go with drowning because um, she was probably put into the water unconscious and not yet gone. So technically, it's called a drowning, but she did not get herself into the water. And I had always, always believed that Natalie was not conscious in the water because she was found wearing wool socks. And I had done my own forensic testing wearing socks in an ocean, wearing socks in a pool, wool socks, any kind of sock. And if you have movement in the water, socks come off your feet right away. She was found wearing her socks. She did not move in that water. And the going theory, the coroner who let this case go, He suggested that Natalie had clung to the dinghy and tried to mount it, and that's how she received all the bruising. And and there's no way you'd be found wearing socks if that is what Natalie had attempted for hours because the going theory out there had always been that the dinghy-tied port had been banging against the side of the boat, and disturbed Natalie's sleep, so she went out to adjust the dinghy, and that was another thing that I figured out—a major clue. The dinghy was tied with two ropes to cleats on the top wall of the rear of the boat, against the swim step. You would have to untie two lines for the dinghy to float away, and those two lines were 12 feet apart. It would there's just no way to untie them together. And not only that, it's something, a chore that Natalie never, ever did aboard the boat. Dennis always did that chore. She would have went to him. But that was Robert Wagner's story to take the heat off, you know, the mystery of Natalie's death. Natalie was unconscious and got into the water somehow. And that's the part, that's the only piece of the puzzle, the mystery puzzle that's left. How did she get into the water? And witnesses on other boats who heard the arguing and saw the arguing on the rear of the boat, they didn't see Robert Wagner put her into the water. Dennis did not see Robert Wagner put her into the water. But all of the circumstantial evidence together, and if you took it into a courtroom, which I wish a brave DA in L.A. would do, um, I've seen so many cases tried that, get convictions with far less evidence than is available in natalie wood's case but it's because of the celebrity involved it's because rj has a uh, high-priced um criminal defense attorney it's because natalie was so famous um and it's not fair she has been denied her true justice um i believe natalie wood was murdered
1: okay so what's the response from um RJ or any any of the daughters
0: that the daughters are like our daddy would never have done anything like that they were 7 years old and 12 years old when Natal they lost their mother RJ raised both of them even though natasha is his stepdaughter he could have told them anything you know he could have said oh your mother she was doing this and she was careless he has written such derogatory things about Natalie in his memoir, um, her dark Russian moods, um, how she was aloof. It's so untrue. He he um how she was a flirt So it's sort of like the Stockholm Syndrome. These girls, they're stuck to daddy. They won't cooperate with the new investigation. They won't even listen to the new detectives on the case. And RJ, he just keeps telling the public, I cooperated 100%. It's all conjecture. But as I said, last year they named him the person of interest in Natalie's death. And if he would talk with them, they could probably make an arrest within 24 hours because there's nothing he could do but lie. He could, if he told the truth, um, they would still have him because he has just lied about every single aspect of his wife's death.
1: Christopher Walken, has he made any comments about this?
0: No, he will not comment publicly, but even Christopher Walken has cooperated with the detectives. He was arrogant about it. Um, he did not want to have to go through it. He, you know, hired an attorney also, but he did talk with them. At least he cooperated. Everyone has cooperated. They gave Dennis DeVern an all day long polygraph and character test that Dennis passed with flying colors. Robert Wagner won't even answer their phone call, but Dennis has been polygraph tested. Christopher Walken cooperated. Witnesses have come forward with what they saw and heard, but the one person who claimed all of these decades that no one knows what happened to my wife won't even let the detective's tell him what may have happened to his wife, <laughs> you know, it, it, it speaks for itself. It, you, you know, his distance speaks for itself.
1: What do you hope people get out of reading the book?
0: Well, at least the truth about Natalie's death. Natalie Wood did not get drunk and fall off of a boat. And because of her celebrity, it's, she's denied justice, and justice denied for one is justice denied for all. In other words, if this had happened to a regular Joe and his wife anywhere in our country, that guy would be behind bars. How is this fair to the average everyday person living in our, our world, in our country? It's, it's, and Natalie Wood, To to have her death, this incredible actress, this beautiful woman, to have this death linger over her legacy, she deserves the truth. Anyone deserves the truth attached to their legacy, their death, Um, and the mystery, the media, everyone that has been on this for decades. The truth is there, and you have, you know, your classic case here, husband harms wife, and you have witnesses. Why? How could this case not be in a courtroom? And that is why, um, you know, my book, Good My Natalie?, tells what happened the weekend Natalie died and it's an interesting story about a young cavalier guy gets out of the navy becomes w- to work for this famous ultra famous couple and then experiences this horrible weekend but so much more information has come out since the case was reopened so I which I've been recording also and I hope to publish one final book, which will be the final answer to Natalie Wood's death, so at least the truth is there for all time um, for this incredible woman who deserves it, and the truth is attached to her legacy, and the new book will pick up where the, you know, the old one left off in trying to get the case reopened.
1: And how's Dennis doing? Is he um, going to get out and publicize this as well? no? this is just,
0: you know, all of my research and having, you know, been a part of the new investigation since 2011 and just all the things that have come out since. And it would just be to have the truth attached to Natalie's legacy. Um, Dennis was part of the first book because it, it definitely had to include his account of what happened that weekend natalie's final weekend and um i just want to finish this uh saga this mystery there is no mystery anymore and the sad part is there's enough evidence even though no one saw him put her into the water that natalie was put into the water and it sure wasn't dennis who did it and it sure wasn't christopher walken who did it
1: so now um Of course, the book's available everywhere. Uh, Do you have a website?
0: Uh, No, I don't. I have a blog, martirulli at blogspot.com, but I'm more active on Facebook with a Natalie Wood Homicide Case page. So that's available. That's where all the updates are usually put, at the Natalie Wood Homicide Case page.
1: Well, fantastic. Well, again, uh, thank you for, for taking the time to talk about your book. And being on the show
0: well thank you for having me
1: to find out more about our show guests or to listen to past shows from our
0: archive please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com the mission
1: has been completed the end by george he's got it
0: it is the end i'll see you
1: if you to me i'll be back
0: this has been a production of Something
1: With Media.